1: Dive into the thriving local arts, entertainment, and food scene with coasting editor Jerry Boggs and his guests. Let us be your guide to the creative South Coast.
2: All right. Welcome to uh, the Standard Time's podcast room slash uh, photo studio slash supply closet. (laughs) So uh, we... We really appreciate you joining us. Uh, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourselves and uh, talk a little bit about your concert coming up.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, my name is Patrice Tiedemann, and I am the Artistic Director of Sea Glass Theatre Company, which was founded in 2016. And I am a New Bedford native and a happy resident.
1: My name is Stacey Gear. I'm going to be performing in the Bernstein Concert as the mezzo-soprano-slash-comic-relief. relief hmm <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, I'm from Attleboro, but I was born and raised in Swansea, Massachusetts, so I'm hoping a good amount of my family is going to come see this show.
0: I hope so.
2: And I realize that I didn't introduce myself. I'm Jerry Boggs. I'm the and Editor and uh, the uh, host on Today. <laughs> um So you all are in to talk about your Bernstein 100th birthday bash coming up on April 29th. Uh, Give me a little bit about the concert.
0: Sure. So uh, Leonard Bernstein was born in 1918. And so this is a wonderful year called Bernstein at 100, which uh, many companies across the United States are doing lots of his work, symphonies, choral ensembles. There's such a wealth of repertoire from Leonard Bernstein. And the idea actually came from Phil Lima, who's also singing on the concert with us. He's a New Bedford native and living in Boston. And he runs the Bostonians, which is a a musical organization doing concert work up in the Boston area. And he asked me last year, would you like to be part of a concert called an Almost 100th birthday bash (laughs) last year he said i have this concept to do this leonard bernstein that we could bring to lots of different communities throughout the year and to celebrate um, how much of a legacy he has left on american music and so i said absolutely and we formed this concert and over the year we have performed different uh, versions of this concert in all kinds of areas. We've been up to the Inn at Crystal Lake in New Hampshire. Uh, we were in Brookline at a private event. Uh, we will be doing the Bernstein in Fairhaven on, on April 29th. And then next month, I'll be back with Phil up in Boston at the Harvard Musical Association uh, doing it for the McDowell Colony, where Leonard Bernstein did a, a, a what do you put, not an internship, a um, what is it when they go into the woods and, and write and Oh I had a sabbatical uh, or sort of like that. Story, so the yeah. McDowell colony is like for artists and to sit and really work on something and he did a significant amount of his work there, so mm-hmm. we're doing a concert for them. So this this idea of Phil's has taken on a life of its own and in different forms, different amounts of personnel and So you've had a lot of Leonard
2: Bernstein over the past year. I
0: uh... have, and I love it. Not tired tired of it I am not tired (laughs) of it. I love Leonard Bernstein. Um, My first experience with Leonard Bernstein was actually playing in the Pitt Orchestra for New Bedford Festival Theatre for West Side Story, the very first time they did it when I was in high school. And I played flute in the orchestra for that show, and I just fell in love with that music. I absorbed everything I could about Leonard Bernstein and got all kinds of <clears throat> cassettes because that was hot cassettes. back.
1: Cassettes. This is an eight tracks. Right?
0: Mm, girl, I know eight <laughs> track. Mm. So uh, in listening to a lot of Leonard Bernstein and falling in love with the music and now as a professional artist, it's such a, a treat for me to delve into pieces of his music that I didn't know before. Phil helped me unearth some of that and then I've done my own research and brought some other things to the forefront. So it's been a wonderful thing. And I'm thrilled to be able to share this with these artists and say, hey, I think you'd be great in this piece of Leonard Bernstein. Have you ever thought of doing this and that type of thing? So,
2: so Stacey, is that what she did with you? she come and uh, kind of give you the elbow and say, uh, hey. Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> first of all, this is the first big show we've done together. I think yes. We, we sang a cabaret once. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, and we have worked with the same theaters, but not necessarily at the same time. So I was very happy to be brought on this project. And, um, what I love about this program is Bernstein was a real crossover artist in that Mm -hmm. his classical works and his Broadway show tunes are equally loved and respected. And to get an opportunity to sing both of those at the same time, it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde as a singer. Mm -hmm. It can be a bit frightening, (laughs) but I'm really looking forward to the challenge. Mm. to belt out one song and then, oh, on the next <laughs> one. So wish me luck with that.
0: <laughs> I trust her. You know, when we knew we needed um, a mezzo for this year, uh, the, the mezzo did it did in the previous incarnation up in Boston <clears throat> couldn't do the concerts this year. And I said to Phil, have I got a girl for you? <laughs> and I said, Stacy and I go way back. We were at Rhode Island College together. And it's a funny thing about the career that she and I tend to pass as two ships in the night, and we never really do end up doing a lot of work together. We're kind of and we do
1: get mistaken for each other. Yes, we do. <laughs> it's the red hair, yeah. um,
0: and and you know we kind of pass each other, and we're in one show, and then the other one's in another one, and so it's a thrill we finally actually get to work together. We get a duet. We do. Awesome. No, it's a fun one. Really we're, fun. One. The we are the we are women. That's, that's Wrong note rag. Oh, the wrong note rag, that yes. That is us, isn't it? It is us. Yes, it? It, so. is us. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> I was like, mm, I had to think about which one are we doing together.
1: We are doing the wrong note I rag. I need to tell you the frightening thing about this particular setup is um, when you're doing regional theater, which we both do, you get two weeks of rehearsal, 48 hours of rehearsal per week to put up this thing. But in the classical music world, they trust that you've learned how to do all of this stuff on your own. So here's your packet of music. Learn it in great detail. Mm -hmm. For instance, like right now I'm I'm at the dotting my I's and crossing my T's of learning my, make sure I memorize my dynamics and so forth. But we get
0: one, two rehearsals? Two rehearsals. We call it quick and dirty. That's (laughs) what we
1: call it in the music Please don't let it be too dirty. But anyway, (laughs) um,
0: but from my
1: perspective, that alone makes it a little nerve wracking. But the other thing is... I think most of the group has already done this show and they're kinda of plugging me in. So wish me luck
0: everybody. It's like a Broadway put in. She's coming into some ensembles that other people have already done. Right. But there is other personnel that are new to the project. That's the only good. the only ones that are holdovers from Boston are myself and uh Phil Lima. So every and Bethany Warrell, she did that one as well. So the rest, the other the guys are new to it too. So, so I'm I'm jumping off the edge of the diving board on Saturday? Sun- uh, on Sunday. We have oh our first rehearsal. <laughs> I hope I don't Please, show up on Saturday. I'd <laughs> be a little early.: <laughs> Yes, we're very fortunate. Uh, Brandeis University is um, donating um, rehearsal space to us on Sunday because they are doing Bernstein's mass. immediately after our rehearsal and Dennis Schumann who's the tenor on our program is actually singing the the role of the celebrant in mass at Brandeis University and the Bernstein family is going to be there and so we came to Brandeis and said listen we have a little bit of a schedule snag can we have some help and they have been more than gracious so we'll be singing all afternoon and then Dennis will just clear his head and then go out and do a whole concert you can do that when you're in your 20s (laughs) he will he'll be all warmed up
2: well, since you mentioned cassettes, I'm going to assume that you've been performing for several months now.
0: Mm-hmm. Your, yes. Um,
2: and you talk about kind of parachuting in in the middle of this. Do, yes. do you still get stage fright? Is there still that, like, butterflies and that kind of fear of Not like in? when I was
1: in high school. Um, <laughs> it never goes fully away. If anything, what I've learned at this point is the more prepared you are, th- that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. What, what do you have control over as a performer? You have control over what you prepare, and how well you prepare it. And that's what you can do to take care of your nerves. I tell all my students the same thing. If you prepare to the best of your ability, you really have no reason to be nervous, except for all those people (laughs) out there. But I've gotten over the people. I I enjoy performing a great deal. I've never, which uh, is why I'm still doing this.
2: I did the, the most I ever did was high school drama club kind of things, but I've never experienced stage fright in my life. I'm, I'm, don't understand my sister's terrified of crowds and i've never understood that and it's such a weird thing that i can't access that emotion at all because it's they're not going to eat me the world's not going to end <laughs> mm-hmm. i've made uh, a spectacular fool of myself in the past and, and, and generally gotten over it fairly well so mm-hmm. i also think that you know if you really fall and stub your toe and do something uh kind of
1: uh i've crawled off the stage before <laughs> yes and you survive it? <laughs> right. And Much we have forgotten words and
0: been in the middle of a song, and like that wrong note rag has so many words. And you just gotta keep going. And I yeah. tell my singer, my, my students, well, what's the worst that's gonna happen? I said, you have to show your humanity on stage. In order to have the audience love you, you have to be that open anyway. And sometimes mistakes happen. You are human, it's how you handle it. Do you make the audience feel uncomfortable, or do you just go, hey, it's life? Mm-hmm. That's what happens, and we're moving forward. And I think people appreciate that because who hasn't made a mistake, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yep.
2: And uh, so in your concert coming up on the 29th is at the First Congregational Church in Fairhaven?
0: Yes, yes. Previously, we had been at Grace Episcopal Church. Uh, we're just uh, trying out a new space over there, and uh, Reverend McClure and her staff have been absolutely wonderful. Uh, they previously used to have a concert series there back a few years ago, and that was very popular. And so the community there has been overwhelmingly supportive of this concert, and um, the acoustics are great. It's handicap accessible. There's uh, you know, I mean there's a there's a lot to recommend it. And we want to keep everything for sea glass in this area. I mean whether it's New Bedford or Fairhaven, we're all united together. So, you know, we hope that people will uh, come on over to Fairhaven. And I was, gonna,
2: I was gonna ask as a singer uh, how much you mentioned the acoustics mm-hmm. Do you get excited about different locations, yes. different concert venues that are going to be like, oh, I know I'm going to sound really great here?
0: Yes, the acoustics there are great. Uh, no, You know, nobody will be miked for this concert. It's all hmm, full throat. And uh, I've sung in that church before, and it's it's a lovely venue to sing. Of course, the last time I did a concert there, I had a bat fly <gasps> over my head no <laughs> i was singing till there was you from the music man with my partner we were doing a cabaret and all of a sudden i didn't know the bat went Zhoo! like i guess cleared me with about an inch and everybody went whoo and oh, i didn't know exactly and i didn't know what had happened until after i said what went on And my and my friend said uh did you know that you had a bat almost <laughs> in your hair no, so you know. Wow, I don't think they have any bats right now. That was a long time ago. So, oh, I'm please
1: kind of paranoid now. No, please, please
0: don't be paranoid. You have a new opening in your show. So. I, I do. I have a joke to tell. Yeah. You know about these weird things that happen to singers and.
2: And so, and one of the things you mentioned coming in was how many. Uh, the performers have South Coast ties. Yeah, talk a little bit about kind of the deep South Coast roots for the uh, for the lineup for this.
0: Performance. Absolutely. So, um, so Philip Lima is uh, our our handsome leading baritone and he is also a graduate of the New Bedford public school system and a graduate of the music programs here and he sings all over the world and runs the Bostonians um, up in up in the Boston area and does a lot of concertizing and so he he's a very dear friend of mine his brother Scott Lima is uh, newly elected to um, office in New Bedford so Mm -hmm. Scott's been very supportive of us as well Um, our percussionist Neil Sylvia is is a, a Dartmouth resident and a, lo- a very dear friend of mine, and he does the percussion for a lot of my shows. And then in our ensemble, we have ten people in our in our ensemble, which is great. I I, I pull favors, you mm-hmm. see. I say, hey, how would you like to do this? And so um, you know, just from our immediate area, we have Holly Cardoza, who's from Mattapoisett, and John Costa, who a lot of people know, does a lot of shows at New Bedford Festival Theater and he 's a, a teacher in the public school system here he 's singing in the ensemble christine daniels she 's the art teacher over at Ford Middle School in Kushnet and Sam Daughtry is a student of mine, and he is a high school student at dartmouth high school and this year he made uh, as a bass he made uh, senior districts and all state and got to perform at symphony hall and He is so thrilled because he is our junior cadet. In this show and learning what it what it means to sing in these ensembles with all these professionals um, Nikki Lawrence is from Providence but has ties to this area as well Kennedy Ryan recent graduate of Fairhaven High School and now a student at Rhode Island College our alma mater and so she's singing and Mariah Treppis is a teacher in the New Bedford public school system a music teacher she's also on the board of Sea Glass Theatre Company and last but not least Jeremy Young who uh, interesting story of how I know him his his grandfather, Tom Vassel, was the music director at Cape Cod Opera, where I did a lot of work uh, before the company uh, dissolved a few years ago. And I have known Jeremy since he was a little taught, and now he is the uh, choral director at Fairhaven High School, and he's going to be singing in the ensemble. And we're going to try and get some of the young people from Fairhaven High School to come mm-hmm. uh, with a, a special ticket for them. Then they can come and see the show so they can see their teacher doing what he keeps trying to tell them. how they should do it so they get to see him do that so he's singing in the ensemble as well and I'm just so thrilled because it's like full circle I've known him since he was a little boy now he's a grown man
2: I'm struck by how close knit the community is here Mm -hmm. of performers and singers and people who are on stage and people who do these things and how you know everyone has ties everyone's tied together and Mm -hmm. uh, it must be a nice Feeling to kind of be able to pull some of those people together for a project like this.
0: It, it I I love it because especially for the ensemble, for some of these people, this is their first experience with some of this music. Um, you know, "Wonderful Town" is a great piece of music from Leonard Bernstein, but hasn't really been performed a lot in the area. So for some of these people, this is their one shot to sing the music of. West Side and Wonderful Town and On the Town, because for, what, for many reasons it, that opportunity just isn't available to them. So to say to them, come and sing in my ensemble. Come do this with me. Come be part of this. And the, and the chorus is going to also serve as the narrators. So we also give little bits of information about each show as we do it in blocks in the program so that people um, get a little bit of interesting, uh, interesting info about it.
2: And Stacey, does it make it, does that close-knit feel make it easier when you're coming in kind of from the outside and and they've had some work together so you know? I'm going to stick
1: close to Patrice because (laughs) of the group I know you and John Costa, who's in the ensemble, very well. So I'm I'm thankful for that. But everyone else I'll be meeting for the first time, Mm -hmm. which sometimes it amazes me, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, there's so many people, so many Mm -hmm. artists working, but sometimes you get into a situation – awards events and so forth, you're like, all these other people are doing, are singing or acting in, in Massachusetts, and I haven't met them yet. How is that possible? So I'm constantly meeting new people who do exactly what I do. So it's wonderful to meet the people I already know, but meet a bunch of new ones that I have not met yet. That's mm-hmm.
2: fun. Talk about, you mentioned, uh, you kind of went through some of the pieces, but talk a little bit about some of the uh, specific uh, music you all are going to be performing. Okay. And, and it's also... You know, some of the show music you were talking about not getting a chance to, to perform it. Mm-hmm. This is a unique opportunity for people who are singers and maybe not dancers and actors and are not going to yes. be on Broadway <laughs> yes. doing high kicks.
0: Well, Phil and I have a joke. When we do, when we do West Side Story, when we do the Bern, this Bernstein program in the two-person version, he and I sing Tony and Maria in West Side, and we always joke with the audience because we said we are two of the least likely people to ever be in this show. And for those of you who don't know Phil, Phil is an incredibly handsome a uh, tall chocolate man who is about six foot five and not a dancer and a little older than Tony and I'm a little older than Maria and not at just, all just ethnically t- appropriate for the role <laughs> so we say to people we're doing this for the beauty of the music, that this is just about saying, Bernstein, what a tremendous gift this score is. Why does this keep resonating with people all this time later? Everybody's doing West Side this year in Candide mm-hmm. because the music is that spectacular. So to be able to do it in a concert form and just really delve into the musical guts is a great thing.
2: Because I don't know how people dance and sing and do these things.
0: I the don't know how time. they do I it either. We try, either. try to avoid it. If only we could. <laughs> boy. Um, but so talking about some of the, the music that people would hear on this concert, uh, we're opening up with selections from Bernstein's Mass which he premiered at the Kennedy Center in 1971. And when that was performed, there was a lot of hullabaloo because people thought it was very sacrilegious. How could he take these, and here he was a nice Jewish boy. How could he write a mass and parody some of the the portions of, of the church service? But he really doesn't. He actually is quite reverent about it. So we're doing uh, two pieces from that, and then we get to On the Town, which so many people know from the movie with Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra, and that's when Stacy really lets it rip. Uh, The men start out with New York, New York, the famous trio where the guys talk about all the exciting things they're going to see in New York. Stacy gets to sing, I can cook too. So she's doing the role that was made famous by Nancy Walker. Yes. Yes, who was the originator of that role. So like she said, she is the saucy comic relief in this show
2: that's a fun, that's a fun, uh, uh bit to be in to, oh, uh, absolutely not mm-hmm. have to take yourself too seriously. And, and you know, the, you know, come this heavy emotion and things like that it's mm-hmm. comic relief's always fun
0: well she's a tremendous comedian so when i knew it, who, what, what i needed for this concert she was the first person that came to mind
1: thank you so much she is, i'm so glad fun. she
2: wasn't breaking that news to you, you you're, you're a <laughs> tremendous comedian you're like what you
1: she is me. a tremendous i called five people and none of them said yes no, no.
2: <laughs>
0: she was my one and
2: only call this could have been a great joe pesci moment what are you what are you saying i'm a comedian you... <laughs> i'll make you laugh
0: No, she's also quite a fine singer, too. She's got a lot of high notes, but, uh, you know, she's got quite a gift for that, and I'm so excited because I want people to hear what she can do and – You know, that kind of thing. Excellent. So, and then after that, we're doing uh, one number from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue.
1: Which I have never heard of, by the way.
0: Really? Never heard of it. Yeah. It's a whole cantata all about the White House and how it was built and the development of it. And so Dennis and I are going to sing a duet from that called Take Care of This House. Sometimes people know that they've heard this piece because it's often done uh, when they do the Memorial Day and Fourth of July concerts in Washington, D.C. with the the National Symphony. So Kelly O'Hara has done this and performed it with them. And so this is uh, a version of the duet that happens in the show where Abigail Adams is telling the servants, please take care of this house. It means everything to the people of the United States, which is that's quite quite fitting, yeah. it? And so then after that, it, um, most everybody when they think of Peter Pan, they think of Mary Martin, I'm flying, and they think of that. But this is actually oh, Bernstein. <laughs> thank you. This is actually Bernstein's Peter Pan. This was originally written as a play with music. And the original. Do you know who the original um, Captain Hook was in this? Boris Karloff. You're <gasps> kidding. I am not. Imagine Boris Karloff singing the pirate song from this. Enough, enough. I mean, Phil Lima is going to give this this, bravado, but Boris Karloff was the original pirate. That's kind of fascinating. It was, and Gene Arthur was in it too. And Gene Arthur's not exactly known as a singer, you know? Who's Gene Arthur? She's an old-time actress. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you, so we're doing pieces uh, from Leonard Bernstein's Peter Pan. There's a beautiful piece called Dream With Me that Wendy sings to Peter Pan that I'm fortunate to be able to do. We're highlighting our chorus in Peter Pan. They're doing the Neverland song and the Pirate song. The men are totally in it to win it <laughs> with that one. And then we'll end the first half with selections from West Side Story. Um, and so we have a wonderful tenor from the BU Opera Institute up in Boston. His name is Dennis Schumann. He is from Georgia. Georgia he is a southern gentleman and he is um, we are getting Dennis before he hits the big time mm-hmm. yes he is uh, summering in Chita- at Chautauqua Opera and doing Candide up there this summer and uh, Don Ottavio in Così Fantute. so he is going to be singing Tony for us and he'll be singing Candide and doing some other things in the show But he's really a tremendous talent. And I met him through our music director, Matthew Larson, who's the pianist and music director for Seaglass Theatre Company, uh, because he is also the principal coach at BU Opera Institute. And and I met Dennis. He came and actually auditioned for Seaglass Theatre in November, and then I saw him again in a production and really appreciated his comic gift as well as a beautiful tenor voice. And so if people want to hear Maria sung with pristine technique you're going to hear it it's it's going to be something and bethany warrell who is his maria um she is a boss she was a boston-based soprano who just recently moved to new york but uh, she had worked at the boston symphony orchestra she did aida with them you know a small gig (laughs) a small gig um so she'll be singing in that and then we take a little break and relax and But people will get to hear from the West Side Story somewhere. Uh, Tonight is done where Tony and Maria start singing, and then we all end doing it in a big, big thing. You know, it's, Uh, yeah, get people jumping up out of their seats. And then we take a little break, and then the second half of the show, we start off with Wonderful Town. Which, um, you know, people go, A wonderful town and on the town. Oh, I get confused. <laughs> but this is about the two sisters. And originally this was Rosalind Russell played the role that Stacy's going to play. And Rosalind Russell was known for her dry wit and... And low. And no. cro- <laughs> cro- croaky singing voice. I didn't. Thank you. She... I love Rosalind Russell, absolutely love her. She was I'll try not to croak. No, <laughs> too much. No, but you can tell how it was written for her because in the score they give options for your character, she can sing it in this octave or she can sing it in this octave. Cuz Rosalind Russell talked a little bit of it too when she just didn't like the vocal line. That's funny. But she was larger than life, and you need that. And I am so excited to hear Stacy because I'm not only are we going to do the wrong note rag with the whole ensemble, and I'm going to sing A Little Bit in Love, which is a, uh, often done in cabaret type of thing, but she is going to do a fabulous piece called A Hundred Easy Ways to Lose a Man. Uh, I've been singing this
1: piece <laughs> since I was 20 years old. I had a stint when, where I met my husband at the Newport Playhouse. I'll keep the short story. <laughs> The short stort, <laughs> the well, story We haven't had enough short. coffee.
2: <laughs> it is early.
1: It is early. Um, but after the shows there, you would do cabaret, and this used to be one of my go-to cabaret numbers, and then I put it away for eons, and um, took it out only recently, so I'm thrilled to get to do it again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, monologue, sing, monologue, sing, monologue...
0: It's it requires an artist with a tremendous amount of depth. I'm going to yeah. try not to mess this up. And she won't. <laughs> I know she won't. I mean, this lady has had, is having quite a career moment. She's working at North Shore Music Theater in June doing MAME. With them and North Shore is pretty fancy in the uh, music theater world, and I'm so excited for her. And we've both worked at Theater by the Sea, but not together.
1: Again, okay. yep. Again, Ships not together. pass in the night.
0: Doot, doot, doot. Yeah, we never work on the same show together. And um, you know, I'm just so excited that she's going to do. Do that piece, and um, then we have an interesting piece called the, from the skin of our teeth called "Spring Will Come Again," which is often done, um, sometimes done in a cabaret. And here's the funny thing about this piece: he wrote it um, for a Thornton Wilder play that was going to become a musical, and then it, Thornton Wilder said, "Forget it, I don't, I don't, I don't want this to happen." So he had this beautiful melody, and. What did he do with it? He put it in the Chichester Psalm.
1: I love that is the first Bernstein
0: I ever sang. The Chichester? So the wind is actually now in Chichester. No, no. I'm just right. seeing, like, like the little choir boy that gets... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's scared to death when he does it. Yes, usually. Um, so uh, Phil and I are going to do that duet, which now was resurrected and orchestrated and then showed up in the new Peter Pan recording Love it. Um, that's out. and But we're doing it as how it would have been in the skin of our teeth. And then we close out the show with Candide. And that is Bernstein's um, big operetta that starred uh, Barbara Cook, Very famous uh, musical theater uh, queen who recently passed away, and that really lifted her to stardom. I mean, that was a piece that did a lot for her. And Candide kind of had a rocky, a rocky road. It's had several incarnations. It's it's got the regular, it's got the New York City Opera version, it's got the Scottish, the Scottish one, and. All of that. And so Stacey's doing a piece out of that called We Are Women with Bethany. Because Bethany is the Kunagunda in that show. It's for a very high... Say that again. Kunagunda. Kunagunda. Of all the names that have been created, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> and Bethany, does, Bethany Worrell sings all of the Kunagunda stuff in, in the Candide section. And so the two of them have this great duet called We Are Women, mm-hmm. which is kind of fitting for today's... Uh, you know, women power kind of—we're on a surge here. And uh, what's some of the words in that that you get to say oh, that you can not say Not a man but,
1: ever born ever did exist. Women. I kind of have to sing it now, don't I? Yes, you do. <laughs> it's like you ever try to remember the—I can't remember the lyrics. Unless Sometimes I'm we can't
0: remember lyrics once we sing them. That's a funny thing.
1: Not a man, never born, never could resist a well turned calf, a slender wrist, a silhouette as airy as a morning mist, and a dainty dimpled
0: knee. (laughs) (laughs) But see what I mean? See, she's hired. My heart's going like this. I'm like, don't forget the lyrics. I've actually done this duet in in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. In a previous life, I had run uh, an opera company down there. And I actually did this duet quite a bit. And I am in no way, shape, or form a Conegonda. But I I soldiered through. I'm excited to hear Bethany do. I'm
1: I'm, I'm excited to sing it with her. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. When When we put these shows together, I often go to the artists and say, what's on your wish list? here's the theme what would you want to do and she gave me well i'd like to do this 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 and this and i tried to fit it in and i said okay stacy you have to choose it's like medea you have to choose between <laughs> your children <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know but i did and we have a conversation i said girl you can only do this or this mm-hmm. one i don't have room for both so choose which one you you really think uh,
2: that's could- an excellent i mean it's going to be a treat as a performer and also <clears throat>
0: i'm sure you get the best
2: performance when you give somebody a chance to, you know, present one of their children, so to speak.
0: Absolutely. And and one of the things with Seaglass is because this is a company run by singers, um, is that I try to treat singers the way we wish we had been treated all through our career because we've had some wonderful, wonderful experiences. And then we've had some not-so-great experiences. But you learn from them. But you do learn from them. But I try to make this for my artists to say, I respect you as an artist. I respect your input. This isn't just, here's what you're doing, and I don't care if you like it or not. It's... Here's, your, here's my input, and here's your input, and how does this work for you? Because I want people to say, this was a wonderful artistic experience, and Seaglass made me feel like we were in a family. And that's such an important thing for me, for artists to say, that was a great experience. She respected me.
2: That's an excellent segue on your part, by the way, because we do want to talk about Sea Glass Theatre. Ah, yeah.
0: okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Talk a little about the... Uh... The birth of Seaglass. The birth of Seaglass. It's like the birth of a nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Seaglass. Um, in a previous life, I had run Charleston Chamber Opera in South Carolina with a friend of mine, and uh, life intervened. I had a little boy named Dylan, and the light of light of my life. And It got a little hard to fly down to South Carolina six, seven times a year for a week at a time and work on the company and performances and business meetings. And so we said, let's put this to sleep. And then around here, I mean, I had encouragement from, you know, different arts organizations and people who knew me in the arts world saying, when are you going to run a company? Either they say, when are you going to be a manager or when are you going to run a company? Because you should do one of those two things, maybe both of them. And um, so Sea Glass came about in 2016, and my board president, uh, she had really been behind the idea. We got a lot of support from New Bedford Symphony Orchestra, where I've been a soloist. And their administration, you know, kind of helped us out the first year with some ads in the program book. And, you know, we, we're in their uh, digital media when they release concert info and everything. And they've just been so kind. And so there's been a lot of nice support from the arts community here. And I wanted to bring classical repertoire to this area because now Cape Cod Opera is now gone and we have Opera Providence and they're doing some concerts in the Providence area but really in the South Coast area there isn't a lot of opportunity to hear classically trained artists doing music of opera, musical theater, cabaret. And then I wanted to expand it further and we I had been doing concerts at the Roach Jones Duff House with Kate Corkum for a couple of years and that's when we do our music of the 60s and I, I bring in my performers with their Broadway credits and they come on in and, and blow the roof off of the place and, and sing, you know, thing we did thing, songs of the 60s, we did songs of the 70s. And then last year um, here's an interesting story. We were doing, um, we knew we were going to do a Sinatra concert, so Glass isn't, if people think, oh, that's just an opera company, it's like, no, we're not an opera company. We, we had a whole Sinatra concert planned and um, my guy that was supposed to sing on it called me the day of rehearsal. He said, I got an offer from HBO and I have to shoot today and I, to, you know, I can't do this concert. And I just was silent for a minute. And he goes, hello, are you there? And I said to him, okay. I said, as your colleague and your friend, I am super excited for you. As a producer, you are making my life hard. Mm -hmm. But here's the wonderful thing about the South Coast Arts community. I said to a couple people, this is my dilemma. What do I do? Within 10 minutes, I had a phone tree going, and someone knew, someone who knew someone, the next thing I knew, I was talking to Michael Dutra of Strictly Sinatra, talking to him on the phone and been like, Mr. Dutra, could you help (laughs) me out, please? I have a concert. He's like, yeah, sure, you know, and what's the details? And... He came in and we had he didn't get to the first rehearsal, he couldn't make that first one. He came in two hours before the show. I have my professional band with Barry DeRossi, who was a killer piano player, and Don Leger, killer guitarist, Neil Sylvia. They can follow anything. And and Barry says, Okay, Mr. Dutro, what key do you do this in? He opened his mouth and I went, Oh my god, <laughs> I pulled this off. And when he opened his mouth in the performance, two hours later, people went, ooh. Because it sounds like Sinatra. That's amazing. But this is what Seaglass is about, is bringing these types of experiences here and saying we don't get to that point without a lot of help from a lot of people. If I hadn't had that phone tree going with, you know, this jazz guy knew this trumpeter who knew Mike Dutra because I never would have gotten him just cold. He had to have a rec- you know a recommendation yeah. from somebody else. But that's the thing. We all help each other, and that's the. this business is small. That's why we say we're always two ships passing in the night. Yep. We know so many people, and we have worked with so many people, but never all in the same thing. And that's the beauty of this business, which is also why we say to our singers our, that we're teaching, be nice to everybody. Oh, because you <laughs> never know. You never know. Who's going to
1: walk back into your life? Or- yes, and today's chorister
0: is tomorrow's artistic director, and... You know, and that's the thing, is that the artists that are coming to work with me are people that I genuinely like as people, and that I think are good humans, and I want good humans to have work. And those relationships are so critical. They are, and and it's also for me, it's that, you know, as I'm getting into the, the second... You know the second half of my career as a singer and all of that. It's very important to me to mentor young singers and to give them a shot. So you know, Dennis is from the BU Opera Institute. Philip Takamura Sears is the other baritone on the concert. He's also at BU. He's just he's a master's student, get, finishing his master's degree. And, and it's giving them a shot to be in this concert and to work with, work with us and to do a quick and dirty.
1: Mm-hmm. And how do you
0: pull it together? And you have to have everything prepared. And I couldn't be happier doing that. It's excellent. I love it.
1: Thank oh, you so much for inviting me on, by the way. I'm so excited.
0: See? <laughs> Perfect.
2: I really appreciate you all coming in. We'll uh, do a little more housekeeping. So, again, the concert is April 29th. Uh, 3 p.m. at the First
0: Congregational Church, uh, 34 Center Street in Fairhaven. Tickets are? Tickets are available at the door, and if you would like a little discount, you can purchase them at brownpapertickets.com, and they are $20 online, and that's up until the morning of the concert. So you can purchase them ahead of time and save a little cashola. And, and so
2: it's all open seating, first come, first serve, get open, there early. And exactly.
0: And, you know, we love to talk to the people in the concert and meet people and say, hello, thank you so much for coming. I've had people call me. I can't wait for this. Uh, you know, we're, you can follow us on the Twitter. We're at Seaglass Theatre. Uh, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. And we have a website, seaglasstheater.com And uh, you can sign up for our newsletter and find out where we are and what we're doing next. And, and this
2: seems that. like a perfect concert also to bring a music student or a kid who's interested and show some interest in singing because, again, you said you like to talk to people and, and uh, you know, most performers are the most gregarious people in the world. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very important to introduce kids to people who are making a living in the arts because I know as a kid I didn't really know anyone making a living in the arts. It wasn't a thing that I was aware that kind Mm -hmm. of existed in Mm -hmm. my world. So once I learned that, once I met people, it really opened my eyes to, oh, this is an option for me or for anybody else. So I think bringing kids to things like this is
0: really critical. And it's accessible music. Um, You know, people always say, oh, You know, that's why we didn't call it an opera company, because they said, I want to do all kinds of you things. You know, I
1: questioned that when I first looked at your website. I'm like, I wonder why they chose Sea the Glass
0: Theatre Company. Because opera is theater, too. It is. Yeah. And I want True. people to feel, you know, one of the, we, we joke with the board. We often say we like to keep our ticket prices accessible for a lot of different people, too. Because like we say, the concerts, are, are we try to keep things on under two hours, and the, the, the cost modest. Because we're like, how bad can it be for $25, right? How bad can it be? How could you not be happy? How could you not be happy? Take a risk. You might love it. And we hope you love it.
2: Well, thank you again for coming in and joining us. And uh, we look forward to hearing you uh, more in the future.
0: We are so excited. Thank you you for having us, Jerry. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.